Welcome to the Black Men Think Podcast. If this is your first time here, know that the views and opinions expressed by the Black Men Think Podcast, are those of the Black Men Think Podcast and not the individual members. With that being said we're about to be unapologetically, undeniably black. Enjoy. So yeah, man, I just got one question. How do you picture Jesus? Man, <laughs> I feel like I picture Jesus, um, you know, blue eyes, blonde hair, <laughs> with, with, a, with a fresh pair of New Balances. Um, oh, man. All right, let me chill. Let me chill. New Balances, bro. Nah, he, he said he pictured uh, white Justin Bieber. Oh, but that's a good oh, question, man. though. You know, me personally, you know, because, you know, religion and, and Christianity is really an interpersonal experience. You know, as I'm talking, you know, in, in my uh, meditation with him, you know, I, I see him as looking just like me. You know, um, the stories in the Bible, uh, it, it gives a, a, off the similarities to, you know, the struggle and the plight of, of, of my community, you know the places that he hung out, you know what I'm saying? He, he hung out with the prostitutes. He hung out with, you know, those that was less fortunate, you know, even from, you know, the description of how his hair was and, the, you know, how, the color of his skin. So, you know, I picture him as looking like me. Um, Man, when you first said that, I thought you meant, like, literally like you. I was like, you would picture Jesus looking just like you. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 not just like me. No, not just oh, like me, Mr. but, you know... <laughs> It, there's a sense of familiarity, you know what I'm saying? With I got you know, you. I I know you know the earthly form. That's how I picture him. But in reality, you know, he he he's he's everyone, right? So, I just you know, I just I just remember back in the day we used to walk around saying, "I am that I am." <laughs> you know what? <laughs> oh, I'm glad God brought me out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's just what he Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Well, since you talking about how, how do you picture? Man, um, yeah, you threw that right back at me, didn't you? I like how you did that. I see what mm-hmm, you did. Mm-hmm. Um, man, um, ah, man, it's so much I want to say, but I'm, I'm gonna try to give it time for this this conversation because I feel like we're about to go deep. Uh, I love what how A started, kind of comically yet, you know, low key shots fired. Um, for what we have been presented in our country um, in terms of what our savior looks like. Um, But I'll try to keep the story short for now. Um, I picture, I don't know what I picture to be honest with you. Like I just, I I guess I go off of what I know or at least what I, what I believe, Um, you know, I mean, Bible says God's the spirit, you know, and so um, it's not that I picture anything, but it's just like I, I mainly re- try to recognize who I'm talking to mm, I feel know, that. more than more than more than what he looks like, because I, I think I think there's so much to get caught up in when you're trying to picture Jesus. I, I feel like you in turn on accident or maybe even it's in some cases pridefully or intentionally make him to be what you want him to be as opposed to who he is. Um, and I've done that at various periods of my life. And I, I try not to do that when I'm talking to him. Um, but you know, you, you said something right quick. Like, so I want to, I want to focus on something before we move, move on to the okay. rest of it. Okay. But isn't, isn't that the, the personal interrelationship with God and with Jesus? He is yeah. that what you need. So, the, so you should, like I, so, for instance, like I said earlier, you know, I know that you know his earthly form is X, Y, and Z, right? You know, based off the description in the Bible. But you know, the spiritual form, like you said, it, it, he encompasses everybody. But that interpersonal relationship, there is a vision that you get, no, that for sure, sense that you get from that interaction yeah. and that personal relationship, right? I'm just saying more so. It doesn't necessarily look the same every time. You know, like, right. and, it's, and it's not necessarily predicated on color, you know, it's more so like, 
Like, who am I talking to? I mean, Marlon, do he, I don't know if do, I, does huh? he, does he, or does he not have dreadlocks? That's all I want to know. Like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, probably at certain points in, in my, in my, you know, depends on where we at, you know, like if we, if we on some, like, you know, turn up, we need some profit side and it's time to, <laughs> uh, to throw some tables. He might have some dreadlocks. Right. I'm right, just right. saying, saying you know? he had hair like wool. What that sound I mean, like, J.D.? I mean, J.D.? Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Hair like wool sound like it's knotted up to me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Y'all silly, man. It sounds it sound knotted silly. up to me. Right. Hey, no, real talk, though. Like, um, I'll, I'll say for myself, right? The more that I grow and try to have a better understanding of Christ, I have become to think, and it may sound cliche, but I have come to think of Jesus as like my homeboy. And the reason why I say that is is because the way that I talk to y'all, I feel it's the same way that I should be having conversation with Jesus, right? Like the same way I can come to y'all unapologetic, um, not worrying about judgment. I can tell y'all anything that's on my mind at any given moment. You know, I feel like I have to have that same type of relationship with Jesus where it's like, look, bro, I had a rough day today. This is what happened. Um, I'm kind of lost right now. I really don't know what to do. You know, I feel like, and this is just me personally, I feel like the more that we get closer to that side to where we are um, just playing out honest and, you know, because we all grew up in the South, bro, you know, those prayers in the Baptist church, Lord of Lord, Kings of Kings, um, this, this, you know, down on, on both knees in front of the pew. While I get that and I understand that that is needed, sometimes I think, and I'm only speaking for myself, sometimes we get lost in that, where we thinking that we, that's the only way that we can come to him. And, you know, we don't come to him when we down and out like, you know, um, maybe we, we had a long night. Maybe we had too much to drink that night. Or maybe, you know, in our college days, we out at a party, th- things of that nature. You know, I think that we have to kind of have that conversation to where Jesus is is everywhere already. But if we, we get to the point of we feel like we can just have a real conversation as opposed to feeling like we got to get in our Sunday's best and, and pull That's up, dope. you know, you. nine o'clock at, at church on Sunday to be able to talk to him. I, I feel like, you know, we can have a better relationship. But that's just me. No, that's, that's, that, that's pretty dope. And that's good. Um you know, Lasana, I know you were joking earlier, but you know, realistically though, you know, how what what is that experience? What is what is that visualization that you get in your interactions? Bro, so I mean I I, I try to picture him for you know, you know, obviously a dark skinned or brown skinned person, but more more so like Marlon said, I don't I don't like let the culture of Jesus uh be the <clears throat> forefront of my thought of him. You know what I'm saying? It only becomes an issue when like for example, man, we got married, you know, 10 years ago, me and my wife, and, I, and you know, my, my church is predominantly African, Liberian, and, you know, me and my people, we're people, we do some, we do some interesting things, and there was, there was, there was some wedding gifts exchanged for, our, our, um, for us getting married, and this one lady who's, she's kind of cuckoo anyway, but she's very loving, she meant well, <laughs> and she bought us a, co- she bought us a clock, it was a clock with white Jesus on it. <laughs> and, was, and my wife got that clock. She was like, what are we doing with this? And we, and we threw it in the trash can, bro. Because it was like, like nah. It was oh, like, and so hilarious. growing up in my household, you know, my dad being African and, you know, he kind of comes from that liberation theology mindset, which has been shunned by some of the white theologians as like a, you know, a, a non-gospel uh, philosophy. But he's very like, Hey man, like we're not here to argue that Jesus is black. We're here to argue that he ain't white. You know, what I'm saying culturally he was a <laughs> he was a he was a man of color. He was a brown skinned man right. in in the uh, you know in the Middle Eastern regions of the world. So and he was that man uh, don't have blonde hair, man. He don't have no blonde hair, and he ain't That's got no all. blue eyes. So it was more so like the blonde reason why, hair is not like cotton. That's it ain't hey that, that blonde <laughs> hair gonna be bald by thirty three. You know what I'm saying? Like it just is what it is. Um, <laughs> shots. <That's> um, <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing here. You know it can't really. You know it don't really sustain well. But um, we threw that clock away because I have always rejected the idea that you know that picture of Jesus. Though whatever you know, it is what it is. I'm not trying to like write everybody that's done that like as evil. I'm just saying culturally, systemically, I don't identify Jesus like that. Mm, you know, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna push back on that. I'm gonna say it's evil. 
Like, and I'm gonna toss it over to Chris on that one because I'm just I want I want to leave that one hanging like a like a little little. Alley-oop. Oh, it's evil. It's alley. It's evil. The reason why it's evil <laughs> is because that's by design. So if we're gonna have this conversation, we got to put it in the proper historical context and recognizing that uh, in, 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 in wartime, so right, like there's been any number of wars and any number of colonization, any number of kind of like kind of not so great imperialism type of uh, energy in this world, right? And what ends up happening oftentimes is like, you, you know, to the victory goes the spoils. You get to write history. You get to make history be what you yeah. want it to be. You get mm. to make it sound the way that you want it to sound, look the way that you want it to look, right? Like, so for instance, in America right now, we're dealing with this moment of air quote rac- uh, racial reconciliation and the very notion that, um, oh, this is, this is like a moment where we're kind of like addressing some of these systemic challenges um, when in reality, they've always kind of been the way that they are. So I use that as a backdrop to say that if we know Jesus is from the Middle Eastern area or the region of the world, we just factually know he's not a white man. Like that, that yeah. there's just inherently <laughs> no way that he can be a le- legitimate Caucasian. Man wasn't European. Like yeah. he just wasn't European. Yeah. That's just like a that's like yeah. that's a factual, like just factual, right? So yeah. and that's 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 just as simple as just reading the scripture. If I did that, right? You know? Exactly. So, like, yeah. That's what I'm Absolutely. saying, right? And so then, so then when you Bro, that's then like see, watching a map, exactly. So then, if you see the imagery, <laughs> the imagery the reflects of him to be blue, blue, <laughs> blue-eyed. You know, sometimes you know, mostly blonde slash brown hair. You come to realize, like, oh, that's the vision that the white colonization has promoted around the world because they've had Bro. the dominant control. And so, therefore, mm. like, all of that speaks to the image in which they want you to believe. Because at the same time, if we're going to really go there with this conversation, and I mean, we, we, got, we, got a, we got a couple of moments that we can go in different, you know, times that we can dive deep on this. But when you know that you are going to kind of engage in some of the worst atrocities, and you also know that people really revere their deity... If you make that deity look like you as the person who is engaging in any any number of atrocities, you know, ultimately, psychologically, it's going to be hard for you to really, really feel negatively about that individual or those people. So mm. that's for me, like, I'll take it to that level, just being frank with you. Um, no, it's, it's, can, so, Chris, so so a question, then, you know, because, I, you know, since we're there, so I, I'm going to pose this question to you. So you, are you saying or are you feeling that um, Christianity has been whitewashed? Absolutely. There's no question about that. I mean, in my opinion, I, you know, look. No, I think that's a given. I think we, I, 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 think, I, it's, yeah, I yeah. think it's pure factual. Like, I mean, yeah, if you, yeah, if you exactly. look at our, our popular depictions worldwide of Jesus, most of them are white. Like, like my man is, like you said, blue, like blue eyes, like some blonde hair floating in the air with a little weak halo over his head. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not who I know from a personal relationship. Like ain't no bruh. Let's see like, here's a way that I, like here's a, he, he, let me say this though. Let me say this one thing though. And I think and and I, I want to raise a, a really specific point. And I think uh Mo and also Ace you had said it at one point in time. Like and Ace, I think you specifically said it. I'm not going to conclude that every literal white person is doing it because of malicious intent, which we know that's not the case. At a point, I probably would have concluded that. Like, once again, historically speaking, way, 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 long, long, long time ago, maybe. But the reality, but the reality though, the pivot, the pivot point, though, that kind of provides a little bit of scapegoat is the idea that at the end of the day, we see ourselves in anything that we envision, so mm-hmm. I, I can't expect white individuals to not envision the best to be themselves. I can't envision in my mind that when I'm thinking about the dopest individual with the most swag, you know, like connected to the most high, literally as the son of, of God and not look like me and look like what I believe I would in, in like envision that to be. The same goes with anyone like, you know, Asian individual, like an East Asian individual, someone Chinese that they believe in the faith. Like they're like, yeah, of course they're going to look like me. They're of course they're going to be Asian. Of course it's going to, I mean, you get what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah, that's, no, that's fair. 
That's I think fair. it's a limitation of humans. Right. That humans exactly. can't. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I think that goes back to the, the to what the point I was making earlier is like you know as you gain that interpersonal relationship, you tend to gravitate to something that's similar to you, right? And so it, it, I mm-hmm. can definitely, from that standpoint, see how it could easily become, you know, that you know I picture somebody looking like me because I'm comfortable with this person or with this individual, and so I'm thinking that. It, it, it is a part of me, you know. So, but this is the kicker, though, Tori. This is the right. kicker, though, and I think this is the. I mean, this is what we're trying to go tonight. How do then? How then do we get to a place where at least let's just say let's 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 give some room here for room from error, for error. How then can you say at least in the last ten years, as the newest generation millennials particularly have been challenging institutions, pushing back on social norms and mores, and saying at the end of the day. No, we're going to, like, debunk some of this that we've been taught and told because, once again, y'all told us to get education. I'm educating myself, and there's no way that that adds up. So what do you say to the people who basically don't want to acknowledge the facts around the fact that, like, a Jesus is not who they say that he is and visually is who they say he is and the idea of, like, keeping the status quo in place. What do y'all say about that? I'll say I'll say they're more driven by their personal preference than anything. Like, they don't really want to know God. And and that's, that's, like, extremely clear in even some of the responses that we're seeing to the Black Lives Matter movement or just the times that we're in in terms of our society blatantly and boldly saying we will not stand for social injustice anymore at any level in any facet of it like we are against it we will tear down whatever kingdom rises up and says that they're racist or says that they stand for white supremacy we will tear it down and low-key i would argue that one of the places that we see it the most but it's hidden is in the church like straight up like so mo so most uh-huh. speak, speaking of the church, though, I do want to bring some um, context to uh, what's considered the head of Christ. Like, so the picture that most of us have seen growing up, that's been everywhere all around the world. Right. So uh, the head of Christ, it was a painting in 1940 by mm-hmm. um, an American artist by the name of Warner Solomon. Right. So just think about it. this is 1940. So we're talking mm-hmm. about. 60 years of an image that's been staying in our heads. And of course it's been before then, but this is the popular image, right? So I'm just reading here. It says that it has been reproduced over a half a billion times worldwide by the end of the 20th century. And large copies of the work have been made for churches, small pocket or wallet sized prayer cards, all bearing the image. Right. And so it's just a painting is said to have become the basis for the visualization of Jesus for hundreds of millions of people. And so when I read that, the only thing that I can think of is marketing, bro. Like <laughs> the money hmm. was put behind this artist said artists mm. to say that this like if you really think about it, this guy he wasn't a theologian he was just a painter that said this is jesus and somebody said you know what you right boom spend the money and mm. everywhere in the world all around the world everybody's come to know that this painting from a guy in 1940 has become jesus and so but that's the point it, it has a lot yeah if right, I, it has a lot. I was gonna no, say it has a lot to do with what you were saying, Chris. Context, Jay Z, is, is 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 the point, JD? Like the dominant culture c- was able to mm-hmm. to to enforce that, right? And that's what I, I was, I was just about to say that. Yep, right. Who controlled the levers of power could 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 further promote that notion. I mean, we've seen this in the last. You know what we te- technically speaking, it's a fractured movement, but you know the ISIS and ISIL. But at one point in time, they were systematically going over there in those countries and destroying the Christian edifice and all of these historical sites because over time it would be erased from the existence. And therefore, we don't know and we don't have anything relative to like reflect on to contextualize it. So that's really what it boils down to is historically who is dominant. Who's controlling the means of production? Who's controlling, uh, you know, popular popular culture? Who's controlling what's put into history books? What's being put into media? Right. And yes, JD, marketing ultimately. Like what gets marketed? So I, out Chris, there? So I want to I want to add this one this this one thing real quick, Tori. Also, Warner Solomon, the painter of of the um, the head of Christ. I just want to point out that he also worked in commercial advertising. 
Whoa. <laughs> Madman. Madman. Drop the bomb, bro. That's a, that's a, that's a... But, Chris, I think, I think that ultimately, though, feeds back into what your question was. What do, what do we say or how do we uh, view pe- people that don't want to basically listen to the facts? Right. I mm-hmm. think it's like it, it ties into, you know, like you said, when you're in the majority, when you have the power, when you have the control, you want to retain that power and you want to retain mm-hmm. that control, right? And so anything that shakes that that any bit, you know, or loosens the the grip or the control or the, whatever the case might be, you're always gonna push back on it, no matter if it even if it is right. Of course, because you just don't know what else happens if you let that slide through, you mm-hmm. know. And I think uh, uh, one of one of the the, the the great situations about it is how they they try to use uh, religion uh, against us when we were slaves, right? You know, so yep. it, 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 they try to use it as a, a lever of power, but they it, it was only taking selective scripture and using it for their own purpose as opposed yeah, to the looking at the entire... Right. Yeah, instead of looking at the, 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 the entire word as a, as a, as a story and, from beginning to end. And, so and, and, and that, anytime you're going against the norm, that's what happens. That's, what, that's a good point, Tori. I mean, I, and I think the irony of that using the word to enslave African people, that same word African people use to liberate Africa. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, so the word mm-hmm. is pure. I, I mean, I, and obviously there's many perspectives on that, but yeah, of course, if you can twist the word to your advantage to maintain power, to impress those who you would consider less than, then there's going to be a distortion and a misuse of the word. And that's what gives Christianity in America a very black eye, no pun, with like, you know, I got friends that are like uh, rejecting Christianity. They are they are they're moving away yeah. from it because the idea that Christianity has been, I mean, technically uh, tainted. Yeah, it's been tainted and it's been hinged. It's been it's been it's been hinged to American whiteness. So like, as and, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm someone that like has al- always rejected that. However, even in my understanding of Christianity, because I'm in America and I am a Christian, that American whiteness version of Christianity has has it does have effects implications even on Black people that are Christians. Like one thousand, like it, it is not a game. You know what I'm saying? But I do stand on the fact that I, I believe the word is real. I believe it's true, and it's like you have to kind of zoom out and like realize that Jesus ain't American. <laughs> Jesus ain't, a, Jesus ain't an American nationalist. Jesus ain't white. <laughs> he ain't with all that foolishness y'all talking about. Like, don't don't try to make me place your flag because, and, and try to like co-opt it as a religious um, command. That's not that's not the gospel, right. bro. It's not real. So God, God right. and country. Like, even the term alone is blasphemous. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like right. for one, what our country has stood on, what our country was built on, what it stands on now at the foundation level, not at the the cute. You know, version the marketing, as JD said, like at the foundation of it, you know, there was injustice from the very beginning, you know, and, and, and all the way through history, all the way through black history in America, all the way into where we are today and why my phone blows up when another black man dies. And I'm getting questions from some of my white friends, namely some of my white um, friends in ministry you know, about like, why do black people see things this way? Or why, um, you know, why is there so much pushback with the term all lives matter and all this stuff? And I'm thinking, if you're trying to approach me with a Christian faith perspective for a Christian debate, then I first need you to come at me like somebody who actually follows Christ, not somebody who is in it for their own perspective, to keep their own perspective, to hold on to it. And granted, like, I had to, like, really wrestle with this and challenge myself, too, because I'm just like, okay, I'm clearly angry in these moments. I'm clearly, you know, pissed to the core. I want to see nothing more than change happen at any cost. And granted, some of that, like, that I have to wrestle with probably ain't godly in the moment either. Some of the thoughts that I have when I'm angry, when I'm seeing another black man get killed on the streets, another black woman uh, get shot in her bed or whatever, Like that stuff is not all holy in my mind either. But what I do know is that in a moment like this, Christ stands with those who have injustice passed on to them, not not stands for some flag or some standard that has been a hoax the whole time or at least been a manipulative um, approach to keeping us bound in a mentality. 
Right. It's not about that. But um, you know? you know what? You know what? You said you said one thing, and then, I'm sorry because every time I hear it, it really just agitate me. Uh, you know the saying where they always try to throw up like all lives matter. Where let's look at that from a logical perspective. You know, so I'm gonna break it down. In order for all lives to matter, that means the individual parts of that have to matter first, right? Because you right. can't get to all life until you actually tackle tackle the individual silos between them, right? <laughs> and so Fact. for you to say all for you to say all lives matters, that means you have to recognize that the individual lives. Life. <laughs> yep, you have to recognize that black lives matter first before you can get to that. And so, you know, that's just one of the things that I think when you extrapolate that out to Christianity uh, in the same way. As you said, Marlon, that, that, you know, injustice and people who were not given the fair shake is where God and where Jesus thrive, right? You know, that's what they, they, they looked at the least, <laughs> you know, to, to, to ensure to build them up, right? Those are usually the ones that have the faith, that have the belief in it. So if you extrapolate that out, the same thing applies there, that you have to have that individualistic faith and you have to have that knowledge and you have to study it in order for you to get to that all perfect. Because like you said earlier, the word itself is the word, you know. It says it like it, it is, too. It, right. It says Proverbs it like it is. Proverbs 28.5, evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. Bam. There you have it. <laughs> so I, I, I got a question <laughs> for you. It's pretty it, cut it, and dry. Simple as that. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a question simple. for you, Marlon. How how have you engaged? You said you got white people hitting you up. This is how How have you been processing <sighs> white people, white Christians coming to you for direction on race and religion. How have you been? How do you feel burdened? Like, how do do you process all that? So first and foremost, like, it took me a minute to get to a point of processing because I didn't want to talk to nobody. Like, especially, I wasn't in a place to really talk to any of my quote-unquote white friends um, during these times because for some of them, like, I know them well enough to know what kind of pushback I'm going to get during the season, right? Like, there are people, there are white people who will come up to you and they quote unquote want to have a conversation with you, but they really just want to share what they think. I ain't got time for that. Like, I, cause I'm telling you, I'm not, I wasn't in a place <laughs> to give you what you might've been used to for me, which is, you know, that, um, very well thought out response. And I'm making sure that I save everybody in the room. Nah, I ain't here for that right now. Like at the end of the day, where we're at, um, and what what I believe God is doing, just even in this time that we're in, man, with COVID-19 and with all the stuff that's in front of us uh, racially in this country, he's tearing a kingdom down and he's tearing down a kingdom. Oh, my gosh. He's tearing down kingdoms and those kingdoms ain't, ain't holy. Them some demonic kingdoms, you know, and I say that from a space meaning like they don't stand for who he is, who God is, what he what his character is. And. Honestly, when I get those questions and those comments from some of those people who are in it to push back on justice and push back on what's right, I don't have time for it. And I'm not in a tone where I'm here to walk, like carry your hand and walk alongside you. I'm here to bring fire and brimstone, honestly. And so, and to be honest with you, Ace, I've shied away from some of those conversations and and I haven't answered some of those texts because I knew that I wasn't in a place and I wanted to make sure that I was in the right place, that I right. always tried to represent somebody, you know, Jesus the right way. Because, I, I mean, somebody might get messed around and get cussed out. I'm just going to keep it Some might pop you off. Know? I feel you. I feel you, bro. I'm, some might pop off. And it's just where, you know, and it's not that it's right. It's not that, that my response in the moment, because, you know, obviously the Bible also says be angry and sin not. But I wasn't in a place, so I decided to stay quiet. And, and I will take that as not sin. I mean, I, 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 I feel uh, you. And I... And this is something I think I want to get your thoughts on too, Chris. Is like the you know the meekness, the 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 measured, the Christian doctrine of like being peaceable. I feel like there are times, especially right now, with like protest, uh, a lot of energy, a lot of tension. I feel like it seems like a, a Christian response, a Christian. Uh, a yeah, Christ- what is that? I, I mean, a, a a response that's like historically right a peaceable measure response or style response that that a certain black but, Christian may be rooted in is, is looked at like, like weakness, like, mm. like, well, by whose history though is my question. Yeah. But that, that's really, that, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a perfect framing though, Mo, wow. because that's by, mm. that's by whose history. Number one. And number two, I think that, that we have to also look at the broad application, right? So, okay. So you want our community to always respond peacefully 
despite atrocities, despite oppression, despite institutional racism and challenges, however, you also use that same Christianity to validate slavery for 400 years, to, 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 to maim, to kill, to do all types of atrocities. Furthermore, we use the notion of um, the, 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 like, the same doctrine is what leads us into war. The same doctrine is what leads us into all of these other things. And so there's a counterbalance there. And I think we have to start to understand, like, okay, so, oh, that's just an application that you want us to be under because it serves best for the sustaining of gotcha. to be right yeah. and, and to be comfortable. To maintain so, control. Let's be yes, clear. Let, to maintain control. And let me be very, <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, and let me also be very, very clear. I don't rock with that. My mom, my brother, my family, my wife, everybody knows that. I, I mean, particularly our household, we're not here to be these uh, docile um, nah. types of Christians where we're not going to speak plainly. Um, you know, my Jesus, my favorite Jesus is the flip over table Jesus. Because flip over, flip <laughs> that, over know, table Jesus. No, that's how I work. That's how yeah, I work. Like right. flip over table Jesus, <laughs> flipped over tables because he was like, Oh, so y'all don't even get that I've been out here. I tried that meek route. I tried to come at you. I tried to give you the word. I tried to get across the point, and you still ain't listening. So I got to turn up on no. you. So even, at the even, very least, even more clear, like there's mm-hmm. a there's a in that picture of Jesus flipping over the table, he's standing for truth. Like like let's in just call it what it is. In, in, in that's righteousness. The that's the part, Mo. Notice that I also led by saying I tried to come at you the way that we are called to come initially, which is, yes, I'm going to kind of try to convey this word the way that it is. I'm going to try to get over. I'm going to be, you know, silent. You know, I'm going to be as meek as a lamb. That's how I'm going to come in. But you know what? I can come in like a lion when I need to. And I think that Jesus gives us that template. He did that. He came in and flipped over the table and said, no, this is actually how you're going to get you're going to get this point across. I mean, you're going to understand me better when I do that. Furthermore, he also commanded demons out. He cast demons out of people by calling it out aggressively with authority. You see what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like all of the moments in the Bible where it says that Jesus had the most emphasis in a moment for that, like for that commanding moment and for it to once again in the in the in the in the sea. The sea was in a, in a in a storm, a hurricane, and he like got up and said like, you know, I mean, y'all know what I'm trying to say, man. Like, yeah. so what it suggests to me is is that there are moments where it calls for you to be forceful and aggressive, if you are standing on righteousness and if you're standing on the truth. To Mo's point, yeah. So then, well, getting back to the to the to the topic of tonight, then. So and, and I think JD and Chris, you framed it, you know, in, in a great way, which is. You know the current most vivid visualization of, of Christ is 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 a marketing ploy. I don't mean to say ploy, but it's a marketing um, um, campaign. So how do well, do we today combat that sixty years of marketing campaign to really get the truth, as we say, out? Honestly, I think it's, it's got to be hell of a question. I think I think it's, it's a very loaded, and I I would say initially, as someone who you know, I think there's got to be a deconstruction construction happening because I think, and I look, I I grew up in a predominantly black church, race? Liberian. I I I've, I've kind of been, and I've been in evangelical white spaces, and I've been, and sometimes I felt like a little like out of place. A lot of times, uncomfortable. I felt like my culture had to. Not, not that it had to, but I felt programmed to tone down my culture to be accepted or validated in white evangelical no, spaces. Like, so I, I, I'm not going to like, and I think similarly, similarly to the black person in corporate America, that's in a predominantly white structure. You, there may have been cases where people have been reprogrammed to not re, no programmed, um, fraudulently programmed to tone down their blackness for the purpose of white validation. So when I say what needs to happen, I think it's got to be a deconstruction on some things. A deconstruction meaning, yeah, I mean, look, the American church in all its perceived glory has some real cracks in that foundation. In fact, the foundation is not even solid. And a lot of people that I know that are part of it, 
I'm not gonna write. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna write everybody off. I think there are systemically there's systemic issues where people have benefited, right, off of s- systemic demonic influences, and they are so clouded in it, but they don't even realize it. So it's, it's gonna take some of us to kind of de- like eject and say, uh, we ain't co- look. Y'all gotta yeah, no, y- y- y'all gotta recognize. Exodus. Yeah, Exodus, right? And you can't. We want me to. We want us to reconcile, which is all meaning and I think right. But before we can reconcile, y'all got to recognize that there, there is a clear division here, y'all. And, and it's not up to us to come to your space to teach you that division. Y'all got to come over here. Y'all got to come to the cookout. Y'all got to come over here. You know what Yo, I'm let, saying? That's, that's my thing. Let me say it like this, though. Um, I and it's, I just I want to I want to make it very clear in this conversation. Like we are not negating the reality that what the division that we're seeing is spiritual first. And that's whether you believe it or not. Like it is, there is, there's definitely a war that's beyond the colors of our skin, right? That we're truly up against Satan versus God in the day. And there is no, there is no versus because God wins period. But the reality is that these things that are manifested in the flesh and manifested in front of us, from person to person have to be torn down the mentality of white Americans, the comfort level of white Americans, whether it be outside of the church or inside of the church has to have a wrecking at this point in order for them to acknowledge the fact that they are not the most important, whether they believe that or not, that's debatable. That's per person. So, but so, the system so says the system says that they are the most important, right. and the so, way uh, that they do things is the about, most important. So what you're talking about really is a civil unrest within the church, right? That's really what mm-hmm. is needed to happen, right? To really shake up. It, some it of should the be the easiest place for it to happen. To be honest with you, Tori, but for right. some reason it feels like the hardest place. Why is oh, it? And that's what I just been to get though. to. Let me tell you the reason why it's the hardest place is it's the same way uh, that why politics are hard to get people to like move from a position that they have. Because if the deepest at the at the core of who we are, mostly in all societies is what our faith is. So, you know, if I'm Buddhist, then I'm very, very that, that, that deeply is attributable to who I am as a person that I am a Buddhist. If I'm a Christian, the same there. If I'm a Muslim, if I am whatever I am. I mean, once again, even agnostics and atheists, they very strongly identify that with their existence. So then if someone presents to you that your existence and why you identify with your existence, something is wrong with it, and there's a flaw there or there's a crack in that armor or a kink or chink or any of that type of stuff, I think inherently as humans, you're going to push back on that because now at this point you're looking at you're, you're, you're now saying you are also flawed in that, which I mean, which obviously we know that our faith in our doctrine, the text, the Bible says that we actually are, but I think that's a harder thing for most people to reckon with than not to basically say like, Oh man. So, I mean, you know, look, I'll say it right now. We'll be playing. I'm not going to turn this into a political conversation. There's a reason why people double down on their support for Trump. Right. Like despite all of the negative things that have been put out there, the negative things that he's done and said, and even like how there's just like, in my opinion, no real decency on that level. The reason why that it's hard for people to move away from that, because they see themselves in that and to question that and to challenge that is to now push back on themselves and to say like, oh, I was wrong about something. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if I can, if I, if, if I can ground and just push back a little and this, this is like where I find peace right this is my perspective is racism uh systemic injustice like every you know terrible sin or whatever jesus is our jesus is not he's he's not in the grave he's he's got up he's he's seen this coming this is not new for him he's not caught off guard and i think he's equipped us to you know tackle it head on right but at the same time i am not going to write off um the Christian faith as weak, meek. I'm gonna write it off as like it's been distorted and misapplied on the issue of That's race factual. horribly. However, I also, being a Christian, I I feel like I'm politically homeless, and I am not going to 
Mm. I'm not going to write every Trump supporter off as a racist, even though every racist is a Trump supporter. And I'm not going to write every... (laughs) 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 But I'm not also going to... I'm not going to say, you know, my other option is like this, you know, bright and shining armor of, you know, uh, Christian-supported doctrine either. So I I feel like I'm politically homeless. And I think that's a good place to be if you're a Christian because you're not supposed to find a home in politics anyway. And you're just going to have to let your conscience lead you where you feel like you can get the best um, in God's uh, position and desire for the world. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of where I I would argue, bro, that you might, that while the same time you said you're supposed to be politically homeless, I'd argue that you might want to be institutionally homeless too, like in terms of the church, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a very mm-hmm. controversial controversial statement that I'm about to make, right? And it's going to wreck probably a lot of minds because of what we've gotten used to in this country. But the reality is that we were told that we are the church, right? Like meaning each and every individual is the carrier of the Holy Spirit. We walk, you know, if you know Jesus, you are the living embodiment. You are a piece of the body. You are the church. We have gotten so, and we've talked about this before in the episode, but we've gotten so um, dependent on the institution of the church or like the building is what I really am, am getting at. The place that we go to meet, which there are a million of them in the South where we live at. You know, we go on every single corner and there's a different denomination, there's a different type of building, different clothes that they expect you to wear in there, the whole nine yards. We all know the story. We've all seen it a million times. It works for some people. Some people hate it, right? But at the end of the day, we're supposed to be just that homeless because we have eyes on Jesus, which means that we're supposed to be seeing the same thing, which means that we're supposed to be hearing the same thing from one Holy Spirit if that's what we believe. Mm, Why is it that there are a million different opinions on one issue when God is literally saying one thing about it? So, you want to so, know why, Mo? So, so, so want to know why, Mo? Push back a little bit on that. Uh, so, I, I'm going to disagree in that you're supposed to be politically homeless. You're supposed to be institutionally homeless. And the reason why I'm going to push back is because, it, 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 and I'm going to tie it into the the statement that I made on a, on a previous episode. You have to have different facets to accomplish the same thing, right? So, you could still be. Let's just use the politics of it. You can still be a Democrat, a Christian, and still have different opinions about things because your experiences are different now. But what that leads to and what the true essence of of, of government and politics is supposed to be about is compromise to match the two varying varying opinions, right? And so there's supposed We're talking to about God, no, into encompassing the best of both sides, right? And so I, I I look at spirituality as in trying to adhere to principles that has been passed down to us from God, right? And so there might be different ways that you... So how Jesus talks to me and how Jesus explains things to me is going to be different than how he talks to you. So you can say... He might talk to me in a more liberal voice, but he'd talk to Chris in a more conservative voice. So I don't necessarily see those mm. as you having to be homeless. Now, where it gets back to the issue is the application of it, which, mm. is, uh, which is what Chris was alluding to earlier. The application of it should be the same, but how it is explained, how you receive it, how you interpret it is going to be different from person to person. It's just like you have different learning abilities, mm. but the application of it I agree. Good point. Good point. I ain't gonna lie. Good point. I I, 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 I feel that, Tori. I feel that wholeheartedly, but I do want to point this out. Very similar to what Chris said early in the conversation, right? White Christianity, quote unquote, it, it, it got that way with this white depiction of Jesus because scripture, they would pull scripture out that benefited them, right? Correct. And the harsh reality is the reason to Marlon's point, the reason why there's all of these different churches. And since we all should be learning the same thing, the problem is, is today different pastors are pulling scripture to support their narrative mm-hmm. as opposed to the mm-hmm. narrative. Yeah, and That is the real problem. That that's is the real the, but, issue. But, but, but what is that? That's the yeah. application of it. 
So, mm-hmm. so you're saying the same thing. Oh, yeah. That that's the, yeah. that's that's the core of it. It's the application of the word. It, you know, they're doing it to support uh, a, a nefarious need as opposed to the true need or the true purpose of it, right? And so when you when you when you get away from the true purpose of something, it always become perverted, right? Mm. And so that's what it is. But there's the history right there, and that and that right. and literally, and literally you what it. you said just explain all of it. Like yep. when you get away from the true purpose, when you twist it for your own need and for your own desire, then it does not represent who God is. And Correct. if that is not clear in today's times, for those who would say that it is, I I just I mean honestly I don't have time for you. Let me not let me not say it like that. I have time for you, but it might not be the time that you want because I'm not going to say it. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I get that. And I'm just, I was just, I was being your hype man. (laughs) (laughs) He was in the pews, bro. No, straight up, man. Like, like for real, more than ever right now, people need a chin check, you know, and that's at every level. That's at, that's, that's from what you believe about what we're talking about tonight to what you believe about your family, what you believe about your, your, your spouse, what you believe about your purpose in life, what you believe about your liberties, you know, meaning what you like to do, what you don't like to do. All of it is getting chin checked because at the end of the day, we have given God a, a, a bad rep, not him. And, 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 and the reason why we're facing so much in the year 2020 is so that all that stuff can come crashing down at the end of the day, at the, at the foundation of it, so that we can put our eyes back on the one who is true, the one who is represents truth, justice, righteousness, and that's it. And everything else is a fake. And so if you can't see that about a simple topic as racial injustice, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got some serious soul searching to do because the scripture is clear. But Go you ahead, know bro. what I'll add to that. No, what I'll add to that though, and I and I and I love what you're saying, and in, in full agreement. Actually, you know what, what we're all saying. I think for me, where I'm at in in, in 2020 on this day, we got to We got to So like, what I don't want to do though, and I know y'all rock with me on this, particularly you, Mo. I know you rock with me on this. We're not giving you all a pass in the faith nope. to scapegoat this. Oh, you know, kumbaya moment, and not address some of the institutional challenges, institutional oppression, and how this has been furthered in kind of uh, the, the, the church kind of landscape. So I'm going to be very plain because I know I just said a bunch of nothing. Recently on the segment, it's been blown up out here. A certain very well-known Christian said slavery was white blessing. There was a, white, there was a whole white blessing scenario from from slavery, right? And we got to look at basically the, the the good of that era of our American history. Nah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to look at that and then say like, "Oh, well, technically this is what was a result of that and if we wouldn't didn't have that moment, we wouldn't have had all of this like economic development and all of these institutions the way that we have." That's what I think we got to challenge at this point to say the same way that all of these other systems are being challenged and you know, as you know, as they say called to the carpet and People are going to have to acknowledge their shortcomings in this moment. The same is going to have to be done in the in the church as well, of where there has been kind of white supremacy and white institutionalism kind of promoted through the church. I think we're just Parading around his face. Yep. No, nah, for sure. And I. And I got I, I, I got I got to say something to that. If I know we I know we even you know this conversation has been deep and. Very, very, you know, it's very, very intense and a lot of good perspectives. And I, I would say, yeah, I think that's why I say I think we got to deconstruct. Um, we got to deconstruct from white, like the, the idea of our faith being filtered through an American white Christian experience. I think we have to deconstruct. And not only just black people, I think all people, we need to just deconstruct all our people. like ethnic nationalism from our faith, right? <laughs> our, our, our culture needs to be filtered through the lens of the gospel. So our culture has to die to the gospel. And mm. so the gospel is remains true. And our, and our culture is, you know, and, and I think we should recognize our, our cultures. And yeah, I think, and I think um, that's, that's what I'll say, man. And, and, and even though that one pastor, not to defend him, but the point he was trying to make, which was a dumb point, which was he was trying to <laughs> a, avoid 
um, dealing with uh, white privilege. He was trying to, he was trying to pacify his audience. Trying to make it cute. Trying to make it cute. He meant what he meant, which was, we are privileged. We are, we have benefited off something that's evil. But in trying to call it something else, he prioritized white comfort over black reality, and which is still steeped in the idea that white comfort is something to be held at a higher standard, which improves the reality of white supremacy or white superiority that is rampant in the church. As passive as that may seem, it's the root of it is why that even was said, you know, in the first place. You know, in the in the words of Shakespeare, a rose by any other name is still a rose, right? And so the the bottom line is, and I think the 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 main point of tonight's segment is when you stray away from the ultimate purpose of God, it's perverted and it has to be realigned. Mm. There has never there has never been a realignment. And so, therefore, it is out of whack right now. And so, it has to be realigned with the ultimate and true purpose of it, not all of these other perverted purposes. Period. Point blank. Take it for what you want to take it for. Facts. Yeah, that's it. No need for wow. a black thought. You said it all right there, bro. Um, definitely. What I what I will say is, listen to the Black Man Theme podcast and take from it what you can. But most importantly. Have these same conversations within your social circles. Um, I think that the most important thing is to have conversations because if you're just talking to yourself or talking to your spouse, you know I don't I don't I don't believe that all of the work is being done. You have to start having conversations with your friends, having conversation with your coworkers, start challenging some of those ideals and things that you know you just kind of took as truth growing up. And not really challenging and not saying that you can't believe, but it's okay to ask a question. It's okay to say that you don't quite understand what was being said. Um, and one thing that I've learned is when you when you give that pushback and say something that you don't understand, that either challenge that person who told you that to speak up and give you something more definitive or it shuts them up. And if it shuts them up, then you have another thing to deal with, and, and we can get on that in another episode. But all in all, man, make sure y'all subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for our Black Afterthoughts. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. If you have questions, feel free to send those questions, and we'll get those answered. Um, not tonight, but we'll get we'll do it on an, on another episode. But uh, thank y'all again for listening. This is the Black Man Thing Podcast. See y'all next week. Black Men Think Podcast. Podcast.